This is Paul Davy, Yield Point Specialist for Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHF Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning. Time for farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. The United States is part of a coalition demanding the Hoodie rebels stop their attacks on the ships moving through the Red Sea. A joint statement has been issued by 13 countries, including Canada, Australia, Japan, and the United Kingdom. The statement said the ongoing attacks are illegal, unacceptable, and profoundly destabilizing. The coalition said this was their final warning. The Iranian-backed Houthis have been attacking commercial shipments to support Palestine in their war with Israel. There's been 25 attacks in just the past two months. With security issues on the Red Sea, major shippers are rerouting around the southern tip of Africa. NDSU Extension Crops economist Frayne Olson is watching freight rates shoot higher. Shipping delays are happening. A lot of the buyers are kind of just-in-time delivery people. They don't have a lot of storage capacity. They, don't, they need the throughput. They don't want to pay for a lot of high inventory costs. And so they count on a very reliable supply chain to be able to deliver their product on time and at a reasonable price. And so these disruptions that we're looking at, not particularly in kind of the Mediterranean, when we look at the Black Sea, which goes into the Mediterranean, the Suez Canal now, it's, it's having an impact on the grain prices as well. A common route for container ships is through the Mediterranean Sea and then the Suez Canal to China. Well, if you go from the Mediterranean, you have to go all around South Africa, that changes the timing and it changes the cost significantly. And all of a sudden something came out of the PNW might look more attractive because of the timing issues. It's a shorter haul. You don't have to go around any major land masses, uh, but it's also the cost effective. And so um, it, it does have the potential to shift the flow of grain short term. Probably in a long-term sense, not necessarily, but from a short-term sense, absolutely. Olson was part of the program yesterday at the Lake Region Extension Roundup. Program wraps up today with World Weather Incorporated Senior Ag Meteorologist Drew Lerner with an, a look at the 2024 weather outlook. The minutes from the mid-December Federal Reserve Open Market Committee meeting have been released. They indicate some Fed officials who were worried about leaving interest rates elevated for too long Others said the situation may warrant keeping the target rate at its current level for longer than expected. The minutes did not offer any insight into the timeline for the lowering of the benchmark interest rates. Grain markets traded mixed yesterday. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred says the outside markets played a big role in the grain movement. dollar was sharply higher and it is continuing on with that strength today. However, uh, you do also have crude oil higher. Uh, which is an interesting combination. Uh, at the same time, you do have the stock indices down pretty significantly again today, maybe acting like they've topped out here for the time being. Uh, so you've got a lot of macroeconomic stuff that's kind of coming into play, you know, inflation versus deflation, um, strength in energies versus strength in the dollar. Uh, so, yeah, um, a lot of moving parts here as we kind of try to, you know, sort it all out. Seifert is also watching trade volume. And you have to watch the price action really rather closely as we get back into normal trade. I'm not going to say we're quite there yet. You know, yesterday after the open or after the first hour and a half, we did see some fairly low volume happening. 
um, it might take a couple more days before we're back to full force, and then we'll have to see where we go from there. Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash says next week's USDA crop report is also on the traders' minds. Look at some of these S&D tables. Uh, you know, they've been quite quite a bit different here the past uh, couple years. You know, corn, we're sitting at 2.1 billion bushel carrier. That's, you know, most likely going to remain there on this, this report coming up. Now, the soybean side of things is something to, you know, closely watch, not only on our carryout, but Brazil's production. Uh, they've gotten some recent rains. Argentina as well is off to a much better start than they have been in the past three years. With the diverse mix of crops grown in the Red River Valley, Corteva Territory Manager Jordan Grunstrom believes acreage decisions are still being made. I think wheat is going to be, you know, it's going to be win some acres. Um, flowers are going to be dramatically down, you know, they're going to have to buy some acres. Canola the same. I think the guys that have grown canola are going to stick to it with, with cereals as well. Soybeans look wildly popular today. And I think corn is going to be a Mother Nature decision by planting time. So this is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning, Farm News. On the Red River Farm Network, Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. Jim Mintert says more people are expecting farmland values to decline. And correspondingly, the percentage of people who think that farmland values could actually decline in the upcoming year has changed from two years ago, that was at about 6%. Last year was at 15%. This year was at about 14%. So we're picking up fewer people saying they think farmland value is going to increase in the upcoming year. A few more people are telling us they think it could actually decline in the upcoming year. So sentiment is, I would characterize that as cautiously optimistic, but certainly less confident than it was, especially compared to two years ago. Farmers also feel now is a better time to invest in new farm equipment. In recent months, we've been asking a follow-up question, and if they tell us it's a good time to make those investments, we ask them why. And one of the things that's interesting over the last few months is we've picked up a little bit of a shift there with more people telling us it's a good time to invest because the inventories of, for example, farm machinery are much better than they were previously. And the implication is that maybe they can do a little better job of negotiating and, and maybe striking a deal. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out in 2024 in terms of what impact that has with respect to sales and what people wind up doing. But we are picking up a change there. And if you look at the Association of Equipment Manufacturers data, you know, it supports that idea. Those inventories are up, especially on some big ticket items like combines. A group is gauging interest in forming a beef co-op in central Minnesota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Happy Dancing Turtle is a nonprofit organization based in Pine River, Minnesota, dedicated to growing good stewards of the planet. Conservation technician Jim Chamberlain says the organization has had interest in forming a cooperative with beef producers and local markets to market ground beef. We've been working on trying to rebuild some local supply chains for quite a few years now. We've kind of landed on the ground beef model because it's what fits in good with their, the systems our producers already have, their cow calf operations, and their desire for a more stable price for cow cows, cow animals, as well as what our market research on, you know, ground beef is a, a product that's in high demand. Um, a lot of people use it. That's kind of what we've focused on rather than a finished steer market or something like that. And so we've been trying to figure out what that could look like as far as different op operational scenarios, things like that. There will be an informational meeting held for producers and interested parties on January 18th. Chamberlain says there are a lot of details to work through, but there is potential for strong local partnerships. The beef industry is 
incredibly complex and competitive. We're, we're hearing from all of all the businesses we talk to, everything from restaurants to food service at schools and casinos and grocery stores, they all want local. All their customers want local. <laughs> and they would like to provide local as much as they can. Um, but then the reality comes down to, you know, can people afford to purchase it? It's, you know, um, it's tough to compete with the big operations, the smaller and mid-sized producers are at a disadvantage when it comes to how they can process the cost to process the beef and, and, um, and to get it distributed. The meeting will be held at 6 p.m. January 18th at the Hunt Utilities Group campus at Pine River. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Positive attitudes are being seen as farmers begin a new year. Bayer Crop Science Field Service Representative Brett Sauer is hearing a lot of discussion about the open winter. I think in most areas they're pretty optimistic on the moisture, the way things froze up. There, there are dry pockets, um, definitely. But I think for the most part, people think things froze up pretty well with decent moisture levels in the ground, and they're not overly concerned about that. Um, interest rates is definitely a big talk. You know, like uh, a lot of people are worried about uh, what they're going to have to pay for their operating loans, and, and uh, so that's a big thing on their minds. Sour focuses on Ray Hybrids, part of the Channel Seed brand. Most of the early seed demand has been with corn as farmers lock in their favorite hybrids and traits. Prepays uh, have been pretty good this year. I think they were a little stronger last year. Um, you know, prices are down a little bit. Uh, if you listen to a lot of the reports, it seems like the incomes were up in 22 a little better than they were in 23. Um, so there was a little bit less prepay this year than there was last year, I think, for that reason. But still, the order pace usually comes pretty early, uh, especially on corn and, and, you know, and soybeans will get some spring business, too. Reporting Agriculture's Business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A delegation of farmers and industry experts representing the Northern Soy Marketing Group are heading to Vietnam later this week for a series of meetings with international purchasers. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. Northern Soy Marketing Chair Patrick O'Leary, a member of the delegation to Vietnam, shares the importance of such international trips. Well, I think a lot of what we do is educational, so we really want to go and talk about on the product we produce and also with the increased crush capacity that's, that's looking to come online in the U.S. in the next couple of years. We really want to have a discussion about the, pro the availability of the product, the, you know, the benefits to them using the product from the U.S., so really kind of an educational-type trip along with hope of follow-up sales. After Vietnam, parts of the group will go to Cambodia for a seminar with other trips scheduled for later in the year. You know, as far as this group is concerned with the Northern Soy Group, we are um, not only going to Vietnam here, we do have a farmer that, uh, a farmer and a nutritionist that works with us are going to be going on a, a, a small trip to do a seminar in Cambodia. Um, also, later in the year, here in March, we have our group um, going into Indonesia, you know, and we're really looking to target uh, from the perspective of our group targeting markets that have uh, significant potential for growth. Um, so we have a outlet for this increased crush capacity that we're going to have in the U.S. here. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. The wheat market remains under pressure as USDA reported improved crop conditions yesterday. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson is hopeful wheat acreage in next week's USDA reports 
will support the prices. Friday the 12th is the January crop report, and they'll have the winter wheat acres that were planted last fall. And, you know, the market's anticipating a, a fairly big cut in the winter wheat, as I mentioned before in the show. So we'll have to see what that says, but that could maybe, you know, put a bottom in this wheat for a while. Shrejack Markets this morning, Minneapolis wheat as we speak, down one and three quarter cents at 706 and three quarters, May down two and a quarter. Chicago wheat, March down five and a quarter, and hard red winter wheat down by five and three quarter. March corn, just a fraction lower, down three quarters of a cent, 464 and a half. Soybeans for March, down four and a quarter, 1272 and three quarters of a cent. And lower prices for meal and uh, soybean oil as well. On the farm calendar, it is the Lake Region Extension Roundup, day number two, going on today in Devil's Lake. They had great crowds yesterday. Look for more of the same today. Drew Lerner from World Weather Incorporated will talk about weather. or We're going to look at more extremes or go back to normal in 2024. He's on the schedule today with a whole lot more. Of course, our trade show, too. University of Minnesota Extension has research updates for ag professionals in Wilmer today. It is a 12.30 start. That'll be at the Wilmer Conference Center. And next week, of course, small grain update meetings around the region starting Tuesday in Dilworth. Wednesday, they'll be in Ada and in Crookston. Have yourself a great Thursday. This is the Red River Farm Network.